Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the March 29th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 631 to 635 of the Catechism. Article 5. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. 631. Jesus descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also he who ascended far above the heavens. The Apostles' Creed confesses in the same article Christ's death, sorry, Christ's descent into hell and his resurrection from the dead on the third day because it has passed over. It was precisely out of the depths of his death that he made life spring forth. The one morning star who never sets, Christ your son, who coming back from death's domain has shed peaceful light on humanity and lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Paragraph 1. Christ descended into hell. 632. The frequent New Testament affirmations that Jesus was raised from the dead presupposes that the crucified one sojourned in the realm of the dead prior to his resurrection. This was the first meaning given in the apostolic preaching to Christ's descent into hell, that Jesus, like all men, experienced death and in his soul joined the others in the realm of the dead, but he descended there as saviour, proclaiming the good news to the spirits imprisoned there. 633. Scripture calls the abode of the dead, to which the dead Christ went down, hell, Sheol in Hebrew, or Hades in Greek, because those who are there are deprived of the vision of God. Such is the case for all the dead, whether evil or righteous, while they await the Redeemer, which does not mean that their lot is identical, as Jesus shows through the parable of the poor man Lazarus, who was received into Abraham's bosom. It is precisely these holy souls who waited their Saviour in Abraham's bosom, whom Christ the Lord delivered when he descended into hell. Jesus did not descend into hell to deliver the damned, nor destroy the hell of damnation, but to free the just who had gone before him. 634. The gospel was preached even to the dead. The descent into hell brings the gospel message of salvation to complete fulfilment. This is the last phase of Jesus' messianic mission, a phase which is condensed in time, but vast in its real significance, the spread of Christ's redemptive work to all men of all places and times, for all who are saved have been made sharers in the redemption. 635. Christ went down into the depths of death, so that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Jesus, the author of life, by dying destroyed him who has the power of death, that is the devil, and delivered all those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong bondage. Henceforth, the risen Christ holds the keys of death and Hades, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Today a great silence reigns on earth, a great silence and a great stillness, a great silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. He has gone to search for Adam 
our first father, as for a lost sheep, greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death. He has gone to free from sorrow Adam in his bonds and Eve captive with him. He who is both their God and the son of Eve. I am your God, who for your sake have become your son. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be a prisoner in hell. Rise up from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. Very well today, this mystery of the descent into hell. This line in the creed that often causes confusion. Sometimes people leave it out or they don't know what to do with it. Along with the resurrection of the body, it's uh, it's oftentimes very misunderstood. And I suppose the first thing to say is that heaven and hell exist as the two possibilities, the two eternal possibilities for humanity. That, as I've said before, it isn't always very polite to say this. It's not polite to speak of hell. You can get away with speaking about heaven, although we don't do that much either. But to speak about hell is not polite and we tend to avoid it, unfortunately because we need to speak about hell and to see that Christ comes and he descends into hell and there he rescues the just who have lived righteous lives. Those who lived good and holy lives before Christ were saved by him and that he releases them from this temporary state of of, of hell, I suppose you could say. But this is not the hell, the eternal hell. Those who reject Christ those who, before they, before Christ came, rejected goodness, rejected the moral law written in our hearts, totally and utterly, are those who are in hell. And yet, for so many, Christ goes down into hell and he rescues them. This last bit is an ancient homily, one of the oldest homilies we have from the church, and it's about a preached on Holy Saturday, about Jesus going to hell and meeting Adam and Eve, meeting his forefathers. That this is what he does. He goes down. He goes down, down, down. If you go to the Basilica of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem today, underneath Calvary, that you can see the place of Calvary, the place of the cross, you can go underneath it. And um, Calvary, actually, you've got to climb, a, 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 um, you have to climb a set of stairs to get up to the chapel in Calvary. And then if you go down to the ground level and then go down, 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 Underneath that, about three stories underneath the ground level, about four stories underneath Calvary, you come to a chapel of Adam. And this is where, again, this is a legend, but it's a nice legend. And it's that Adam was buried underneath the place where Christ was crucified. And that the blood of Jesus washed the bones of Adam. In a sense, this, from this legend comes many of the Eastern crosses you see in the iconography often that underneath Christ's cross is a skull and crossbones at the very bottom. And this is a symbol of Adam who's being washed, being washed by the blood of Christ, being washed by the blood of the Lamb. And the other icon, when I'm talking about icons, that is very important in the Eastern Church is the icon of the um, descent into hell or the harrowing of hell, to give it its proper English title. This Christ harrows hell. He destroys hell. He conquers hell. And you see him there uh, being surrounded by the just of the Old Testament, especially Adam and Eve, but then the, the prophets and the, the righteous people in the Old Testament. And that he is lifting them up, that Adam and Eve are kind of kneeling at his feet and that he's lifting them up, he's picking them up. 
and underneath Christ are the doors of hell that have been broken with the lock and the key going uh, flying away because he smashed them open. And this is who Christ is, the one who descends into hell to rescue the just, to rescue those who put their hope in him without even many of them knowing him. And the same way today to see that Christ goes into the hell of our lives. He goes into the hell of our realities. He goes into the hell of our suffering to offer us salvation. Again, the, the tragedy, the, the, the terribleness of it is that we can reject it or we can accept it. And there's always this terrible possibility that we reject it. But today, if the Lord is allowing us, we accept the salvation. We accept it. We turn to him and we take his hand. We take his hand as he lifts us up. The same ways we're lifted up in the, in the sacrament of penance. When we go to confession, spiritually we're lifted up. That Christ picks us up and puts us back on the right track again. And allows us to find him. Allows us to come near him. Allows us to rise with him to eternal life. So very well. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow is just one number. Number 638. God bless.